This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City. With John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We just watched the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix and Sergio Checo Perez with the victory. For now, for sure, we think we don't know for sure this john massingale i'm in the studio in austin texas bob varsha over zoom and chris mendlin will be joining us shortly the other guys are not with us this afternoon or evening or night or wherever you are in the world uh bob did you hear oh, no. anything oh, at the end <laughs> yes we will not have jonathan green mayhem he's over in uh, new zealand but uh do we think that perez has got this victory well, uh, I'm still not clear on what exactly he did. I think, um, <clears throat> you know, he just pulled up alongside the safety car to try to get it to pick up speed. <clears throat> I'd say 10 seconds would be a kind of a harsh penalty. If it's five seconds, um, you know, that seems closer to the bone, as it were. But, you know, anyway, you look at it. If it's a five-second penalty, he still wins the race. If it's 10 seconds, he loses it. And that would be a real shame because – under the most difficult conditions imaginable, he drove a terrific race and led every lap and, uh, you know, deserves the win. And I was frankly a little disappointed that Charles Leclerc or Carlos Sainz in second and third couldn't pull up there and give him more of a fight. But you heard Sainz saying, I was steering with the back of the car most of the time, which tells me that he was sliding everywhere. So it was very difficult on everybody. A uh, lot of attrition. I can't recall a race where I saw so many world champions make hmm. so many mistakes Vettel Alonso can't blame him for the engine letting go in the Alpine but Hamilton, Hamilton and yeah. Verstappen and it went on and on and on it was just a bizarre race in so many ways and a bit of a snooze I would say which I can say because I personally fell asleep on two occasions but um, <laughs> you know in the end when things really started popping uh, in the second half of the race uh, it, it got a lot more interesting well, I have to say that you're right. A bit of a snooze at the first part. At the end, though, it was pretty interesting because those two guys, Perez and Leclerc, were on the edge, on the limit for, what, the last 40 minutes or so? Yeah. That is a long yeah, after time. Those restarts, after the restarts, they, they you know, just pulled away. And uh, so they were clearly in a race of their own, which we've seen a couple of other times this year with different drivers. So they were definitely on it. And uh, what Carlos Sainz had to say about the track drying, too, I thought was interesting because you could see when the dry line actually developed, it was still very wet offline where the cars weren't going to help remove the moisture. And so you had a, um, you know, a, a, a bizarre situation. You think the whole track would have dried at the end. But as as Chris Medlin pointed out before the race, they use a funny kind of asphalt uh, in that part of the world, which retains moisture, whether, you know, deliberately or not. Um, and that can make it very difficult. The track just does not dry out completely where it's not being worked on. So anyway, I think a couple of jet dryers in the future, as we talked about <laughs> in the pre-race two hours, um, you know, might uh, might be useful in the future there in Singapore. Well, I know I, I tweeted early in the race about, you know, don't expect these, uh, don't expect slicks anytime soon. And I looked up, and that tweet was, it was basically an hour before we saw multiple cars. We saw Russell come out early on slicks, which was clearly too early. But it was basically, uh, we were well over, right about an hour into the race before we saw anybody get on slicks. And even then, it was arguably too early. They weren't, you know, they were slower. Everybody was slower when they first came yeah. out on slicks. So 
Yeah, yeah that, that's a I, I, really interesting asphalt situation. I had trouble getting my head around that because they, they kept talking about when are they going to cross over, when are they going to cross over. We had Pirelli's Mario Isola, who directs their motorsports program on uh, our pre-race show, saying it's got to be a 152 lap time before it's going to be appropriate to think about slicks. So these guys were doing 159s, and the announcers kept saying, when are they going to switch? And I thought, that's weird. They're not going to switch yeah. for a while yet at this rate. Yeah, and uh, like I said, Russell, the first one out with that, and, mm -hmm. and it wasn't it time. almost crashed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Almost crashed. Wasn't mm -hmm. time for him to be out there. Speaking of Russell, he and Schumacher going at it pretty good, too. Did you hear what Russell said about Schumacher? He said he's fighting like it's the race of his life. Well, it it, it is the race <laughs> of his life. He's <laughs> Yeah, come on, George. You've been there. Come yeah. on. He's, he's fighting for his career. You bet he's going to try to keep you behind. Yeah. Uh, good day for that McLaren, right? I mean, they ended up very uh, good. Ended up uh, with two cars way up into the points, and uh, yeah, I haven't seen uh, constructor standings update yet. I'm sure they're not yet, but that'll be uh, that'll mm -hmm. be a good a good jump for McLaren, finishing fourth and fifth. And yeah, battling with uh, Alpine for fourth place in the championship, they uh, they picked up 22 points. Alpine got one, no none. They had finished with neither car yeah. in the points, so. Yeah, that was huge for McLaren today. Yeah, that'll be a big, big move for them. Uh, but what about Carlos Sainz did seem to struggle, though. You, he, you know, he was talking about the asphalt, but he seemed to struggle a lot more than Leclerc today, didn't he? Yeah, at first I thought he was just trying to play rear gunner for Leclerc and just try to keep everybody else back. But uh, as we heard him say post-race, he was, he was struggling. He was having to adjust to the car. That was oversteering everywhere because uh, the back kept wanting to step out. So, yeah, he had his hands full with the car and uh, and did a great job to finish up there on the podium and help contribute to a great day for Ferrari. Uh, not that they have anywhere to go against Red Bull's huge uh, championship points lead in the constructors, but still a good day for Ferrari to get second and third and get all those points and you know and show some competitiveness here at the end of the season you know they've made so many mistakes had so many problems they they really like mclaren uh could use a good day and they got one today yeah and you know what that's good for ferrari to keep a a gap ahead of mercedes because mercedes was closing has been closing that gap because of mm -hmm. the consistency really of of russell more than hamilton even but both russell and hamilton have been scoring lots of points and they're closing that gap, so that'll that'll give them a little bit of breathing room after today uh, ahead yeah. of Mercedes. So, and a good, you know, you have to say it's a good day for Ferrari. You know, as as tight as that was at the end, I really didn't. I would have been surprised had Leclerc been able to pass uh, Checo. I mean, there was a, a mistake or two, but they both seemed to make a mistake or two. You know, it was especially with about 20 minutes to go, they were both still sliding all over the track with 20 minutes to go on those, on the slicks. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody uh, had difficult circumstances to deal with and, and full credit to those who were able to keep the pointy end going forward as it were, uh, while guys like Verstappen was into the runoff road and Lewis Hamilton, you know, uh, locked up and went straight on and Hamilton hit the fence <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. People were obviously working really hard. Latifi had got more crashes and other contact than I can recall right now. Um, so, yeah, disappointing day for Sonoda. Um, one point, I guess, for uh, for Alpha Tauri through uh, Pierre Gasly's effort. Uh, that team continues to struggle a bit without that they they would have been tougher today. But, you know, it didn't work out that way. Uh, we just heard from Chris Medlin. He said he's got a bad connection for the moment. He's going to go out and get some interviews and get back with us. It's always really bad right after the race. Hopefully he'll have a, a little reprieve for that here. <laughs> yeah, dial up. That's about what he needs. So hopefully we'll hear back yeah. from Chris here shortly. He'll get some interviews for us. Uh, but, you know, really, overall, really bad day for Mercedes. I mean, uh, kind of a disaster. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but poor George Russell. I mean, he was just never on the pace this weekend, which is unusual for a guy who's been arguably the most consistently good driver in the series, you know, always finishing in the top five, except for one and now two instances, Great Britain being the other. Um, that's a real head scratcher for him. And then, of course, Hamilton had the car to start from third and, uh, you know, was battling in the top five until he threw it off the road. 
so yeah, not a good day at all for Mercedes. And I don't recall seeing many of those pictures we're so used to getting of Toto Wolf sitting in the garage, <laughs> grimacing or smiling or doing, you know, whatever, whatever he does as he wears his emotions on his sleeve. So I don't know, maybe he got so, so upset his head exploded, but um, yeah, that, that was a difficult one for Mercedes and Suzuka won't be a whole lot better, but um, you know, then maybe circuit of the Americas and, and certainly uh, Brazil after Mexico. Yeah, got a couple of comments going on YouTube right now. Uh, nominal time says morning from Central Oregon. It's time to race was plus or minus five laps, question mark. Doesn't seem it was going to change the results as Verstappen. Yeah, I guess that sounds about right. Um, like uh, Kevin Kelly says, pretty awesome. We only lost one lap. Uh, yeah. And T&W and <laughs> says another poll for Leclerc where he doesn't win. Yikes. That is just a... That is just a, a horrible, a horrible stat for him. That not only yep. that he doesn't win, but that 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 uh, Verstappen is the guy that's winning all those races where he's getting pole and not winning. But, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, I have to say it was a little bit slow, like you said at the beginning. But I think it made up for it at the end there with all of that good racing. Because I say that I wouldn't have been surprised. Uh, I say I would have been surprised if Leclerc had won, but it could have happened pretty easily because there was enough movement in those cars. They were sliding around enough that it could easily yeah. have happened. Yeah, big challenge for everybody. You saw when Alonzo got out of the car after his engine let go and he took his helmet off and was sitting behind the chain link fence. I mean, he was just, you know, sweating like a pedophile um, and his hair was all matted and wet. Uh, back when David Hobbs and I were calling these races for ESPN and Speed and Fox and what have you, David always used to notice when a driver got out of the car and wasn't sweating much because David <laughs> used to sweat a lot too in the car. But there were guys over the course of time, like Terry Bootson from Belgium, who won a handful of races in his Formula One career with Williams and other teams. He would never sweat. And he'd get out and his hair would look like it had just been, you know, he'd just come from the salon. It was the most phenomenal thing so that was uh, sort of our our measure of difficulty of the race is uh how badly the drivers were sweating afterwards i i missed sergio perez's comments about he said it was the mexican way did you hear that did you hear what he was referring to he sounded emotional. no i don't know i don't know what he was talking about yeah i uh hopefully maybe maybe chris caught it we'll catch him when he gets back on but um uh, but yeah, let's look down the grid a little bit and see about, about, oh, we had six drivers didn't finish, right? We had Sonoda, Ocon, Albon, yeah. Alonzo, Latifi, and Zhou Guan Yu did not finish the race. And, yeah, that's uh, heavy yeah. attrition. Yeah. Heavy duty. Uh, Haas cars disappointing. Unfortunately with all this, you know, they just really haven't after the wonderful start to the season, it's been mostly disappointing that with Magnuson finishing 12th, Schumacher 13th. And yeah. it's just been disappointing, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been. Uh, though we did, you know, see some nice dueling out there, both Schumacher and uh, um, Magnuson. <clears throat> it's still early in the day for me. Uh, <laughs> they they both put up a good fight when they had the opportunity. And it was Shane Magnuson, uh, you know, damaged his front wing end plate and they gave him the meatball flag, which says you've got to come in and get your car looked at because that that basically cost him his race right there. Yeah, did you hear Max Verstappen on the radio just whining about that? I I don't know. I yeah. thought I thought I yeah. guess that's well, I, I guess it's a, if it's a safety thing, but yeah, it just seemed like a little bit whiny. Well, there was a lot of whining out there. Lewis Hamilton was whining about you guys got to listen to me. I'm on the wrong tire again, and, and you know, uh, it just it gets me after a while. Mm, this well, guy's racing me hard. Well, why is he out there? <laughs> <clears throat> this guy won't this guy won't get off my bumper uh but you know what let's go ahead and squeeze in a break and when we come back hopefully we'll get some interviews from chris medlin who is on site at singapore and we'll continue to break down the race and bring you lots more after the break listen to speed city back after these messages as a rider you know what you like the power the feel the ride when it comes to gear you know what keeps you safe Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. 
online at ducatiaustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back, everybody. We, uh, we are trying to wrap up the Singapore Grand Prix. We have a regular on the line. We got Drew on the line. And Drew, I want to thank you for listening, for tweeting at us, for participating. And I know you're a huge Haas F1 fan like me, and I know this is disappointing for you. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I appreciate it. I, uh, I can't help myself tweeting and listening. I enjoy the content so much. But I am uh, super frustrated with Haas today. You know, Russell and Mercedes, they had the same kind of issue. They were looking at the same track conditions, same everything. And then I love the idea that they're going to try something different and put, you know, the slicks on early, see if they can get an edge, nothing to lose. And to me, that was kind of that winner's mentality, that competitive edge that I, I'm just not seeing from Haas that's breaking my heart. I wanted them to, to really fight. Um, and it seemed like the only one who wanted to fight was Mick, you know, for, you know, the back markers. Yeah, he was putting up a pretty good fight with, with Schumacher. I don't know if you heard the beginning, but uh, I was talking about what Russell said on his team radio. He said, yeah, Mick is fighting like it's the race of his life. And well, and, and Drew, it is the race of his life because... We don't, he doesn't know if he's going to have a Formula One seat next year. I mean, it's honestly, right now, it's not looking good for that. But, I, I mean, I have to agree with you. I want some more fight. You know, I, I do love Gunther Steiner like everybody else, but I, I don't know. I, I saw him playing to the camera and stuff this time on Twitter, and I was like, you know what? I, that's, that's all good to have all that personality, but let's, I want some of that old Gunther where he's you, – you remember what he was saying to uh, – well, to Mix earlier in the year and to uh, Mazepin last year, he was like, come I mean, on, I man. Fuck uh, the whole button. <laughs> yeah, he said yeah. that. <laughs> but, but you know, I want some more of that fire from and, – and it starts yeah. at the top, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I'd like to see a little bit more of the NASCAR team rub off on the F1 team. <laughs> I, I just don't see that, that fire in the belly right now other than, you know, I, I think Mick's showing it, but I think that's self-preservation. But even uh, Magnuson looked a little pedestrian out there. You know, they're just kind of just driving in the rain. Seems fun. And, and, you know, it's Magnuson. We're used to seeing him go for a gap every time. And, we, you know, admittedly. Yeah, you guys are right. But, yeah. you know, at the same time, this, this these treacherous conditions made, you know, getting, you know, high, wide, and handsome out there a pretty, you know, delicate operation. You get offline. And as we mentioned earlier, the track was never fully dry offline, and you might have, you know, wound up in the fence. So, although you're right, you want to see fight out there. By the same token, you gotta let the driver judge the conditions. 
as to where and when he's going to put up a fight. Now, Bob, you put that logic aside. I'm on the couch. I know how hard it is out there. I, I'm in the cheap seat, so. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So how was your grip on that couch? <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was it was tough track conditions from the couch to the fridge today, but. Gentlemen, thanks again as always, and I'll be listening next week. All right, thanks, Drew. We have an interview that Chris Medlin just got for us. He caught up with McLaren team principal Andreas Seidel. Let's hear that. Andreas, we spoke about it before the race on the grid, and you said race are two halves, one driver attacking from the back, one trying to hold on in sixth, and you end up fourth and fifth. Could you imagine it would have gone that well? Uh, no, obviously. Very, very happy with the, with the outcome. The team did an excellent job today. In a, in a difficult race, Lando and Daniel pulled off uh, two great drives, keeping it together, not going off. We have seen how difficult it was today, how many people went off or even even crashed. And yeah, thanks to a great teamwork between drivers and the team, made the right calls at any uh, time of the race. Uh, didn't take any unnecessary risks. That's why we also waited with uh, switching to the to the slick tyres. And uh, obviously, very important result for us. It, it seemed to really hinge on the timing of the safety car and your pit stops and, and almost waiting for maybe another incident to happen. It, was that in your mind too? Was it just about finding clear air? Because it came together perfectly then. No, it wasn't about waiting for, for safety cars because it's difficult to plan. It was more about monitoring what other guys did, like uh, George, who switched early to mediums. And in the end, uh, it still seemed too risky uh, to go too early, and uh, especially with Lando at the time, I'd be both drivers. We were in actually in quite good positions at, in this first stint. I think we were P5 and P10, so there was no point to risk anything. It was more about making sure we stay at least in these positions. Well, and then, like you say, then it all came together. You end up in fourth and fifth. And let's start with Daniel. I mean, to come through from the back, and he's had a tough year, such a challenging race in tricky conditions. How impressed are you with that drive today? Yeah, no, very impressive. And obviously very happy for him, for the entire team, for his side of the garage as well. Because that's what a, that was a result we were working hard for uh, all year. And obviously important for him, important for us as a team to score these points. And yeah, great motivational boost now for the entire team to simply keep working hard. Um, getting now the new package also on Daniel's car in, uh, in Japan and then obviously it will be interesting how this new package will work then on the more normal track again. And um, yeah, we are aware of the tough competition we are facing with, uh, with Alpine. Uh, but at the same time I think we have everything in terms of drivers, team and the car in order to keep this battle alive. We are back in P4, back in the game with this great result today. So. Looking forward to the final five races of the season. As you mentioned, got ahead of Alpine now with the car's pace. I mean, did you expect such a quick turnaround? Because there was a, a spell where they just seemed to have an edge on you on most circuits. Uh, I wouldn't say that they had, uh, were clearly clearly ahead. It was going backwards and forwards depending on the tracks. If you look at the last five, five, six races, uh, but for sure they are strong as well they keep developing their car as well they have two strong drivers as well so we are fully aware that uh, it will be a tough battle but hopefully we can this battle uh, keep this battle alive until the last lap in uh, in Abu Dhabi um, and obviously trying to uh, get this P4 again would Japan suit you so difficult to predict this year <laughs> we have seen big swings uh, in terms of performance depending on the setup you can run tire selection, ambient conditions, but I think with the steps he made it with the car um, in France already and also for here, um, it should it should suit us. Um, but as I said before, Alpine will be strong as well, so heads down and keep going. Good luck there and well done today. All right, nice job, Chris. Yeah, uh, the fact that they moved ahead of the Alpine team with that. That was yep. a nice day. Uh, the producer just brought me a printout. I feel like a, I feel like Walter Cronkite when he brings these in, but this just in. This got to hold your got to hold your hand up here like this. And this just <laughs> like yeah, on your ear. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all right. This is from the stewards to the team manager at uh, Oracle Red Bull Racing regarding Checo Perez. It's a driver and team representative required to report to the stewards at twenty three fifty five, which I guess is in five minutes. In relation to the incident below, driver number 11, Sergio Perez, alleged breach of Article 55.10 of the FIA Formula One sporting regulations, not keeping within 10 lengths of the safety car. The question is, ah. is it not keeping within 10 lengths? Is it going to be a 10-second penalty and change the outcome of the race post? I, I hate that when that happens, but 
I yeah. guess we'll find out in about that's, uh, five minutes. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was because he was too close to the safety car and said he was too far back. I remember Sebastian Vettel in Hungary once getting whacked with that same penalty for, for not staying within 10 car lengths of the safety car. That's It's the you know, race control way of controlling the bunch up before the race goes green once again. So, yeah, uh, I, the, the pit wall should have been telling Checo, you know, make sure you stay up there but well they you know they did bob come on and give us some give him some of that they said uh they didn't taste say 10 seconds they said five and so when he got to when he got out you know like seven and a half uh they were they were saying okay you're good uh and what did what was checo's response he said uh disappear he said let's just disappear well he didn't he didn't quite disappear and you know we're speculating i don't know what the, the penalty could be it could it not it had nothing to do with time so we shall yeah. see. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the rule is not 10 seconds, but 10 car lengths of the safety car. And uh, I, too, don't know what the potential penalty might be. But, I mean, it can't be too harsh for crying out loud. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, that, that's what I was thinking. It, if it's a five-second penalty or is it going to be a 10-second penalty for this infraction of of too far yeah. back? So, and, and why are we waiting so long? You know, I mean, it would be a fairly clear mistake something easily verifiable by looking at the uh at the videotape coverage of the race i mean you're either within 10 car lengths or you're not and if you're not you know here's the penalty and off we go but instead now we're we're all kind of hanging on whether or not Checo's going to be allowed to keep the win in this race i know it is it is one thing that i do not like the way that they handle this is post-race mm-hmm. uh, here's a quote from yeah. Checo. Uh, he was awarded the driver of the day which is a pretty obvious one i would think today mm-hmm. one wire to wire he says this was my best performance in F1. The last three laps were so intense. I gave everything for the win today. I think I would have thought that he said instead of last three laps, the last 30 laps is what it felt like watching it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, it was a brilliant drive. No question about it. I mean, the Ferraris couldn't do anything with them. And, you know, the Verstappens and Hamiltons of the world couldn't, you know, hoist themselves up into the deep into the top 10 and stay there. So, you know, under the conditions, it was a great drive. And again, I think that mitigates against a big penalty for something as, uh, as mundane as staying close to the safety car. Granted, a rule is a rule, but I mean, how many restarts did we have today? How many virtual yeah. safety cars and local yellows and full safety cars? I mean, that's, you know, it's just a lot to get your arms around. Okay, Bob, I'm looking at the driver's standings now and ignoring Max Verstappen because he, he has a 100-plus a point lead over Leclerc. But Leclerc mm-hmm. at 237, Checo now, after today, 235. So mm-hmm. right on top of it. Two points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-point difference between Leclerc and Perez. Of course, Russell in fourth down at 203. But uh, the constructor standings... Red Bull, big lead at 576. Ferrari next at 439. And now that gap has grown to Mercedes down to 373. So a pretty good gap now um, Mm -hmm. for Ferrari over Mercedes. And, of course, McLaren now passes Alpine. Um, McLaren in fourth with 129 over Alpine at 125. So that's really tight. And then it drops off big time down to 52 points for Alfa Romeo. And And then Aston Martin, 37 and Haas at 34. Oh, and tied with AlphaTauri at 34. And then Williams down at six. So, yeah, I, you know, I battles guess, throughout. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. I mean, I guess I'm just thinking about Haas right now. They they're three only three points off of Aston Martin, which is actually kind of surprising. You know, and we were talking about Haas a while ago with Drew, the caller, and he was saying he wants to see more battling. But one problem I have that we're all going to have with that is that the TV producers aren't giving us much. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't know how much I saw Haas at all today, other than that little, little bit of battle there that Schumacher was having um, with yeah. George and Russell. Magnuson banging up the front wing in the early, yeah, laps. in the early part, yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I think that was about it. I saw for uh, for Haas coverage. What about you? No, I, I totally agree. In fact, I would expand that and say we didn't see enough of of all of those battles between teams closely bunched for position in the uh, incredibly lucrative constructor standings. I mean, that's where the money is paid. So if you've got two, three, anything less than a 15 point gap, let's say to pick a number, 
um, you know, those are crucial positions in the race for these teams. And so, you know, if, if the Verstappens and the Leclerc's of the world are going to disappear over the horizon, then let's see what the McLaren versus Alpine battle is and the, uh, and the other ones that you mentioned that are very, very close, even all the way down to, uh, you know, that tie on 30 odd points between uh, Alfa Romeo and, uh, and Alfa Tari. I mean, those are important points. Mm. Okay, here's some interesting points on YouTube. Kevin Kelly says F1 TV did a review on both restarts, and he could be penalized for both. That's interesting. Maybe that's what's going on. You know, they look at my sheet here. It doesn't. Yeah, yeah it doesn't really go into any more detail. Um, well, you yeah. got to give them due process. You got to hear out the the team, hear what the team and the driver have to say, and then you know rule accordingly. <laughs> Uh, Joe of Oyster Bay says, he says, I fell asleep too, Bob, but it is earlier here on the West Coast. Next week won't be bad. 10 p.m. here for most of the events. I can deal with that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's right. 10 p.m. The reason I knew that, because 10 p.m. is this is the Vegas start time in Vegas, which is the same as next weekend in Japan. 1 a.m. Eastern, uh, uh, noon here in Austin, and 10 p.m. in vegas uh all right guys i'm looking at the clock we got to get a quick break in when we come back we'll hope to get some more from chris medlin who's still in singapore and we'll continue to break it down for you back after these messages hey guys we are very excited to welcome our new sponsor all stop brewery to speed city these guys make a fantastic beer and i'm gonna let jonathan talk about it but i'm gonna tell you about it when i tasted it i i'm not a big beer aficionado. I like a nice cold beer, but I'm always worried about a craft beer or a new beer that it's going to have a funky taste, especially aftertaste. This beer was fantastic. I have absolutely no uh, no qualms at all that this is my new favorite beer. But Jonathan, you know why, what makes it so special, the water and the recipe? Well, yeah. I mean, these guys have done their research and do it right. And they've even imported the right water to do it right. I mean, it, it, I tell you, this Allstad beer, fantastic. And I'm, uh, you know, most Europeans are snobs about their beer. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm definitely one of those. Because You're definitely a snob? Yes, okay. about my beer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because there's no question, carbonation has always been my issue here in the States. It's overcarbonated. And our lagers, our pilsners and lagers in Europe, um, uh, especially German ones, are not that heavily carbonated. And that's a key thing. And that's the first thing that uh, hit me was just how well they've done the beer. Uh, it's based out of Fredericksburg. It's, uh, it's got a great tie-in because, obviously, Fredericksburg, a German town, and now they've got a Texas German beer, and it's cracking. Yeah, and the uh, the facility out there, it's amazing. They've, they've really done it right. It's really fantastic. So so check it out. You can get it at all the local HEBs and everything else, right? Yep. Uh, it's around all around Texas. You can get it. Uh, they sell it in... Uh, uh, on on the shelf there as a Texas beer, but uh, I'll tell you what, you're in, right back in Germany when you drink it. And it's Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. Altstadt Beer, A-L-T-S-T-A-D-T, beer.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. All right, this is Jay Leno from J. 
Ben Lund with Garage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back. We were just talking about during the break, Bob, and I were talking about that Singapore set a record for 302,000 fans. And I'm um, just looking at some pictures of the crowd. Yeah, it looks like it. Bob, you were talking about at the uh, the sliding scale that, that Miami did. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, more races are going to that now. Uh, certainly, we know Las Vegas is going to, that the price of tickets is going to be based on, on demand. As fewer and fewer tickets are available, I suppose the price will go up and up. In contrast, uh, you and I talked about this in our production call, John. The folks at Spa have now put next year's Belgian Grand Prix tickets on sale, and they start at, uh, I think it was $182 yeah. for a three-day general admission ticket, which means you can walk one of the most eminently walkable and exciting racetrack that's on the circuit for, you know, the equivalent of about 60 bucks a day, which, you know, in, in the motorsports world sounds reasonable to me. So I'll be interested to see if that's a, a strategy, let's say, by the folks in Belgium who have only a one-year extension of their Formula One deal despite all the money they put into that racetrack in the last year, uh, whether it's a strategy by them to get even more people through the gates so they can go back to Formula One and say, see, we are you know, among the most popular, most productive races on the calendar, so we deserve to stay here. And, and if so, I hope that it succeeds with flying colors. We need, uh, we need virtual statmen to tell us the prices, because I was thinking as you say that, Austin mm -hmm. this year is roughly double that for a three-day pass. After yeah. the, after tax and everything, it's going to be about three hundred and seventy five bucks or something like that. I just wonder. Yeah. I've seen this before, but I haven't seen it in in a number of years about ticket prices around the world. But that is interesting strategy, though. If they if they truly are doing that, because that is cheap, one hundred eighty bucks. That's what that's what the very first three day passes were for Coda back in two thousand twelve, ten years ago. So that yeah. is a pretty pretty reasonable price these days for an F one race. So it's interesting to see if they are trying to pump up the crowd and see if that um see if that is what they're after yeah we had a uh, a full hour delay uh <laughs> i noticed a few people uh i had some I had people on twitter commenting they were going oh i'm glad it was a delay i got up at the normal time and, and tuned in and and the race was just starting didn't realize it was a delay so uh yeah that was good for those folks uh but let me just look at the uh at the finish bob because we had talked about um, we talked about how, what a great day for McLaren and a bad day for, mm -hmm. um, both for Alpine, for Alpine mm -hmm. and a not, a not a good day for Mercedes, but, um, but what else tickled your fancy from today's race, Bob? Uh, well, it was not a great day for Williams, we would have to say, uh, and we keep waiting for them to, uh, to resurface, um, a lot of attrition, as we pointed out, only 14 finishers. That's the lowest for a long, long time. Uh, good day for Pierre Gasly as he essentially auditions for a seat at the table next year. Uh, you know, he qualified well for the first time in a long time and finished well, um, scoring in successive races for the first time since way back at Saudi Arabia and Australia in the first, what, three races in the season. So good day for him. Uh, kind of a good day for Sebastian Vettel. You know, he's he's uh, mm -hmm. waving goodbye to one track after another in his uh, glittering career and uh, did not qualify well. Felt very, very badly. You may have seen his radio transmission after being knocked out in qualifying uh, in Q1 saying it's over. You know, we're done. We're done. We're done. Um, but then he came back and had a solid race today and you know, got to mix it up nose to tail with the Verstappen, the Verstappens and the Hamiltons and and uh, and those guys because they were having problems too. And um, so and it was good to see those guys running close to each other um, because time's passing. Uh, we'll lose Vettel this year. Probably won't be long before we lose Hamilton. And, um, you know, I went through this with the PK, Mansell, Prost, Senna, Schumacher, Michael, that is. Um, and others, you know, they come and they go. And uh, a lot of people like to complain about, oh, Schumacher used to win all the races and 
Mansell won all the races one year and Senna won all the races. Uh, but then all of a sudden you look around and those guys are gone and you think, wait, 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 you know, I'm, I, I want to see them again. You know, I, yeah. I witnessed them at the height of their powers and their, all their great races. And I, I want that again, but when time is gone, it's gone. All right. Well, Chris Medlin is on the ground for us and he's not live with us today because we got bad connection, but he is getting some interviews and he just caught up with Red Bull boss, Christian Horner. Christian, we'll keep you cycling through all the interviews that you have to put up with at the end of a race because you keep winning races. Um, another win, but where do we start with that one? Uh, Checo's drive, just how good was that? Because he deserves it. I mean, that was outstanding. That was his best ever performance, I think, in Formula One. And I think that uh, huge pressure. He converted the start. You know, intermediates, safety cars, virtual safety cars. He just kept a cool head, kept looking after the tyres, was able to pull away from Charles. Then obviously went on to the slicks, then a safety car, and then being the lead car, you know, it's always very, very difficult in those conditions because everybody is is getting their reference from the car ahead, and of course he didn't have that. So to manage it the way he did, and uh, in the end he finally broke the DRS and was able to pull out a healthy lead um, for, for an incredible victory. Really, really fantastic. Well, like you say, those final laps, because you guys needed him to, we don't know what will happen with this Stewart's investigation, and he had the pace in hand and made no errors. I mean, how impressive was that stint to put in such a, a burst of pace? It was hugely impressive. I mean, a massive performance by him, and of course you never know with, with penalties for us. There's so many precedents we could pull out. I mean, Sebastian recently, uh, you know, it would be brutally harsh. To, to penalise him for that, um, let alone take a victory away. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm sure the stewards want to hear Checo's side of things. I'm sure there's been an awful lot of moaning. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that seems to be the flavour of the month this week. Well, specifically, was it for dropping back too far behind the safety car? Was it getting too close? I believe so. I think that's what in the report it, it says. But, I mean, how many times have we seen that on formation laps behind safety cars when you look further behind the grid? You've only got to, you know, you can, you can see it so often almost every time we have a safety car. Well, well, we'll wait and see what happens with that. But then with Max, he had an eventful race as well. I mean, for once uh, in this season, a, a difficult start for him. He didn't go forward. It was uh, He got an anti-stall and that uh, put him out of sync. And, and then, uh, you know, he did well to avoid getting clobbered in the first couple of turns. And, and he was patient. He fought his way back up through the field. Um, got it, he got unlucky with a, after he just turned to change the slicks. Then the safety car comes out. Lando gets a free stop. Um, and he got a great run at him on the restart, but because he hadn't had the chance to get any temperature in the tyre, the car just bottomed very badly, and then he locked up and killed the front pit stop again. And, uh, and then, wow, what a recovery from there. I mean, uh, those last five laps where he passed Lewis and Sebastian on the last lap, you know, vital points for him. Yeah, and it means he heads to Japan with a good chance of wrapping up the title there. I know there's a big day on Wednesday where I bet you can't wait to have some official comments that you can make. How frustrating has this weekend been, having speculation, rumour, accusations flying around, and how keen are you to kind of be able to move ahead with that this coming week? Well, look, you know, there's been an awful lot of conjecture uh, and allegations that have been made against the team, which have been totally unfair. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, it, it, it's not sporting of our competitors to do that. You know, the FIA, um, you know, we have to trust in them and their process, and then we'll see what they, uh, you know, all the teams are, are yet to hear uh, what the outcome is, well, you know, this week. So uh, so let's see what that, that, that is. And, uh, but, yeah, very disappointing. Uh, what's your hope for this week, just finally? Is it to be able to move on from it, or is it to have clarity? I mean, what do you expect to happen on Wednesday? Because, as I've just mentioned, I mean, Max could be crowned on next Sunday, and, and we might be talking about something else again. Well, look, we are very confident in our submission. Um, these things have to be signed off, obviously, by uh, our auditors. Uh, and, 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 yeah, we're, we're very confident in the submission that we've made that we are fully within the cap. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, let, let's go through the process and... Uh, as all teams are doing, and see what comes out the other side. Okay, great stuff. And just finally, Perfect World wins the title in front of Honda's fans in Japan. Look, uh, you know, to win it anywhere would be amazing. But uh, you know, Honda's a great track. Great to be heading back to Japan, and and looking forward to it. Great stuff, Christian. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that is going to be really fascinating to see this. What happens on Wednesday for on so many levels, not just whether or not it's Red Bull. Because we don't know if it's going to be Red Bull. We're just hearing the rumors that he's going to be that they're going to be fine. And and by the way, just to clarify that, what they're what he's talking about is the FIA is is doing their budget cap reconciliations, checking records, which 
I'd really be fascinated by the all that process about what every team is spending under this budget cap. And the rumors have been that Red Bull is going to get busted for doing some for spending more money than they should have, essentially. And the rumors have been that Red Bull has been the the biggest offender. And uh, but but they have said that the FIA said they're going to come out Wednesday and tell us what that's all about. And and you know what? I think I think we may have Chris on the line. Chris, we got a caller there. I didn't and, finish it. And we're sitting here talking about Daniel Ricardo, <laughs> and we wanted you to grab and grab, grab a Daniel and talk to him. Well, I'll tell you what, I am trying to do exactly that. I am look, he's just joined the, the live Formula One show and he is glugging back as much water as he can. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thought I'd try and stalk him for a bit to see how he feels. He does have a smile on his face, even though he's very tired. Um, and he's getting mobbed because this is an extremely busy um, paddock. And with everyone trying to pack up and get to Suzuka, I'd say it's too busy, to be honest. Uh, so there's a lot of people that aren't able to get their equipment through. There's a lot of people that can't pack things up. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a mess down here. But uh, Daniel is a centre of attention while he speaks to Formula One right now about how his day went. He's been doing media for a good half an hour, uh, which shows that people are interested in how his day went as well. They, they, they want to see Daniel do well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good that he had a day. I just, just caught the end of your answer there, John. And it is really good to see him have a, a day like this. Uh, I was speaking to Andreas Seidel, who I think we've heard from on the show already. Yep. Um, and before I interviewed him, uh, he was waiting. He wanted to congratulate Daniel himself and give him a big hug and kind of show the teams behind him. So that was uh, a really nice touch as well. Well, what else? What's the field, Chris? We haven't had had chance to talk to you much since the race. Uh, yeah, it's been it's been messy in here. It's uh, it's been very busy, and I really feel for a lot of mechanics actually that are trying to just uh, do their jobs and around uh, a lot of bodies. But um, it's. I guess it's the lingering thing of what happens with Checo and this uh, investigation. Um, spoke to Christian Horner, who I don't know if we played out. Yeah, yet. we got that one. Uh, there we go. Um, so when I spoke to Christian, yeah, he talked about it being brutal, didn't he? If he loses that win, but at the same time, you've got to apply rules. So we'll have to see what the uh, stewards come up with after uh, Checo's visited them. He's done that already. He went about 20 minutes ago to the stewards. Uh, so he's already gone and sort of pleaded his case. And, you know, in many ways, that's that's a good thing for him. He's been able to state his side of things from behind the wheel and uh, and red bull got a chance to argue their point of view but that's not been the case for for everyone each time and you know we're in that annoying situation aren't we where we're long after a race is finished and we don't know actually who's won it yeah so that's i think there's that there's that kind of feeling right now of like well what is the final result here um we'll kind of wait and see but um yeah it's uh the, the very buoyant place to be at the moment is uh, McLaren, based on the day they've had and get themselves ahead of Alpine. Less so at Alpine themselves, but um, I'm actually going to try and doorstep Mike Crack, who, as I've said those words, has just appeared, so I'm going to chase him uh, because Aston Martin had an excellent day, um, and I don't know if he'll yeah. uh, give me a bit of time while I'm uh, <laughs> while I uh, try and doorstep him celebrating a little bit. Um, uh, well, while you're doing that, I'll read a comment off YouTube. Kevin Kelly says... Um, he says, I just saw Medlin walk by the F1 TV post-coverage, post-race show coverage. So he's, he's watching you on television. Um, See, there you are. Well, just getting in the way all the time. I'm going to try and grab Mike very quickly. Mike, uh, if I may, um, sh- just ask, uh, while we're live on air in America, how happy you are with that result today? Yeah, quite happy. I think uh, it was good that we made a step in the, in the constructors. Both drivers did really, really well, not uh, keeping a foot wrong. Uh, you saw it was many many people who, who did so. Uh, yeah, it was quite good. Um, it was was critical to keep keep your head down, uh, not not to change too early to t- the tires, and uh, yeah, and try to 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 bring it home at the end of the day because many people didn't. Yeah, and, and how much strategically are you pleased with the way the team operated? Because as you say, there was there's plenty of uh, room for errors today. Yeah, yeah, but you know everybody was waiting. When is the time to move to to change tires? And uh, I think the 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 trap that was there today out there was, you know, to move to change too early and then also uh, get caught out on the on the wet patches uh, like many drivers did. So I think from that point of view, I, I think team team did really well, you know, not to go too early and then also uh, uh, after that, you know, to, to to for the drivers to tell to let them know when where is it wet and where it isn't and uh, yeah and, and not try to to fall into the mistake that others did. And yeah, just a word on Lance. He sometimes gets a bit of unfair criticism for the way he sometimes performs. But in tricky conditions like this, he seems to come alive. Yeah, but this is nothing new for us. Uh, it is you guys that write that. Um, I, I, I keep saying that he's much, much better than his reputation. Uh, we always see as soon as it is wet, he's there. 
So uh, I'm really happy that uh, he could materialize today, that he got the points that he's deserving already for a while. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy for him. Um, and as I said, you know, he, he, he's good. And just finally, because you're a man in demand, I know you've got some more people to speak to, but uh, hopes for Suzuka, do you think that's going to be a, a tough weekend for you or do you reckon the car might be okay around there? No, I think we will be okay. I mean, we have had several updates uh, since Sandford, uh, another one here. Uh, we'll have a very small update also in, in Suzuka. So I'm, I'm confident that uh, we can maybe do like we did in, uh, in Sandford and maybe better. Well, we look forward to seeing how you do. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. There we go. The uh, happy Aston Martin team principal, Mike Crack, and I've just annoyed uh, half of my print colleagues because I tucked <laughs> in before he spoke to them. So uh, I'm just here, just here making friends tonight. Couldn't right, happen well, to a nicer bunch of guys. <laughs> All right. Well, coming up, coming up after this, we'll have more from Chris Medlin in Singapore, and we'll finish up our coverage of today's Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP-inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. If you want to know where the path to Formula One and Indy begins, it's three simple letters, VRD. VRD Racing of Atlanta, Georgia are dedicated to nurturing young, single-seater drivers on their quest to the pinnacle of motorsport. Having just wrapped up the team's championship title in 2021 in the F4 US Championship, they also have programs in FR Americas, the all-new USF Juniors, and the road to Indy. VRD is the perfect environment for success. To join the team, drop them a DM on Instagram at velocity underscore RD. Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Chris Menlin, we've got the interview you did with Ricardo all queued up. You want to you want to lead it out for us? Well, yeah, you demanded I go and find him and have a word with him. And I just butted in as he was trying to walk back to the McLaren motorhome. <laughs> um, and I can confirm uh, when he says something in the middle of this that he did hug me. <laughs> All right, let's hear that. Fuck, uh, the whole paddock. <laughs> okay, now let's hear. The, <laughs> now let's hear the Daniel Ricciardo interview. I'm going to give it a go while Daniel's walking and talking, just to say, Daniel, how satisfied are you with your weekend's work here, mate? Because it must have been a hard one. Yeah, mate. It's um, I'm very happy just to finally be back in the top top five, and uh, it's been a while. It's actually Saudi last year was my last top five, so. Yeah, I know. Pretty sad. <laughs> Give me a cuddle. Um, but, uh, but, no, you're too sweaty. Yeah, I know. I've changed. I've changed. Um, cheers, mate. But uh, yeah, just uh, I don't even know. What was your question? So, oh, am I tired? It's late. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty tired. Um, I think already like 8 p.m. is pretty late, let alone a, a nine or something start and going at the whole two hours. So want to have a good sleep tonight. But yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe a beer with the team as well. Uh, as well, and well done this weekend, mate. Cheers, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Very nicely done, Mr. Medlin. He was uh, still being mobbed by all the fans, but um, I didn't even ask him if he was tired, did I? I? I just asked him how happy he was, but I think that shows how tired he was that he then took it and turned it into a different question. But uh, yeah, he was very, very pleased. And he did, at the end of that, looked over my shoulder. At, the team were all waiting for him there. Lots of them still outside, obviously, happy at McLaren with their day's work. Uh, and yeah, he was very keen for a beer, which I imagine most people in this paddock are right now. Mm. Uh, you didn't get to squeeze in the question that inquiring minds want to know of what's he going to do next year. Obviously, he wouldn't answer that. But I, 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 I don't know. He just has seemed so much more upbeat lately. I, I feel like he's made some decision, but I guess time will tell. We shall see. But yeah, very exciting to see him finishing in the top five. I can't believe it's been that long, though. Nor me. That was the thing. I, yeah. I raised my eyebrows when he said it. That's why he was like, yeah, I know it's sad. Um, I, I just, I thought he got one earlier this year. I mean, he had that Melbourne run, but I guess was that fifth and sixth that McLaren got in Melbourne. So, um, you yeah, know, that was a strong result still. Yeah. But it turned out, yeah, it wasn't top five. So caught me out as well. That. Mm. Uh, well, what else is going on, Chris? Any, any of the other thoughts? And nothing, obviously, we haven't heard anything about Perez yet, right? Because you would have said something. Not yet. Yeah, no, not yet, but I have um, seen some quotes from Mattia Bonotto. I've just been doing some digging and uh, relying on those uh, print colleagues that I was annoying earlier at the Mike Crack session. Uh, but it was 
that Bonotto says uh, they think there was two infringements and that both should be for uh, five-second time penalties for Perez. Um, that's how they see it, but that they'll trust the stewards and kind of, you know, that's, that's how they believe it should go or could go. Uh, but if it doesn't, then it doesn't, and, and they'll accept that. Um, but he said, yeah, hopefully that's the way it goes. It changes the results. So I think they were saying to Leclerc, you know, they said to him, stay within five seconds, but they were adamant he had to stay within 10 seconds and not back off on that final lap. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's still, still within range, isn't it? Because seven and a half seconds was the gap uh, yeah. at the flag. So if he did infringe twice and they penalised either, I guess if you, if you penalise for one, you're going to do it for both. So could well happen. Um, and he, he referenced Antonio Giovinazzi back, I think he said Spa 2020. Um, I'm just frantically racking my notes to see uh, exactly what the comment was he gave it was yeah well just given actually in 2020 uh, he says he thinks it was a five second time penalty for that infringement uh, which was not remaining within 10 car lengths of the safety car before the lights went out and we did hear Lewis Hamilton mention that didn't we live at the time on his team radio he said Checo had dropped back too far before the safety yeah. car had said it was coming in and the lights had gone out so it's not just Ferrari noticing this um the one yeah the, the little bit of buzz that I actually got was I said it before we went to that last break that I guess they get a chance to plead their case, but there's a few people around here going, it can't take this long. It should have been done in the race. You know, there was, there was a lot going on, but the stewards had plenty of time to note that first incident. And it took ages for them to even put it on the race control screen to say, oh, we've seen something here. And then to decide, oh, we'll look at it after the race. You don't get that in many other sports, do you? Where there could be yeah, something that's no. crucial to the, to the overall <laughs> outcome and you go, we'll wait and see. But um, as I speak, uh, Checo is just walking down the paddock right now. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to ask him anything because he's uh, a busy man. In fact, he's already been uh, cornered. So um, I don't <laughs> think I'm going to get to, to put anything to him. But uh, he's just come back from, um, they've done a press conference. He's been to the stewards and now he's off to speak to the TV crews uh, and will await the outcome from uh, the stewards. So I'll keep an eye on my email inbox to see if anything drops while we're still on it. I know. We've only got a couple, he, couple minutes left. What are you going to say, Bob? Has he chained himself to the trophy? <laughs> no, there was no son of the trophy, actually. The only ones I've seen have been the Ferrari ones. Uh, one of their yeah. employees was walking around with uh, second and third place ones in their hands. And I wonder if they're just thinking, hopefully we get to swap one of these. Ooh, oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. Well, you know, the old legal truism is the longer the jury stays out, the more it militates in favor of the plaintiff. Well, now that I yeah. think about it, I guess Checo is probably the defendant in this situation. So I was about to ask you, which one is which? Don't take the law into your own hands. You take them to court. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Well, Chris, we're, we're down to about a minute and a half left, so we'll probably end up having to tweet about it and see what happens here. But um, any final thoughts from today's race? And Bob and I were talking about – Bob actually dozed off, he said, at one point early in the race, which I don't blame him, but it certainly got exciting towards the end. Yeah, it's, it's always a, a bit of a slow burner, isn't it, here? Because it's so long um, and a lot of the approaches don't make a mistake because, you know, it's so easy to do, but also it almost feels inevitable. It's these drivers' fatigue. Um, the interview we did on the midweek show, actually, on Wheel to Wheel with uh, Rupert Manwari and Carlos Sainz's trainer was about how the drivers just get hotter and hotter and hotter and your body starts to shut down in certain places and it's you can't keep your concentration because you are overheating. That's the problem in these cars. So the longer the race goes on, the more things start to happen. And that's exactly how today played out. Yeah, um, you know, I think it was, it, it had its moments. Uh, I think Verstappen at times got a bit lucky with certain things bringing him back into the frame, but then his final stint was very, very impressive um, to get himself, you know, limit the damage. But hey, there's a chance that the title rolls on to Austin. So that's a good sign, I'd say. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what the, that's the, uh, the glass half full uh, approach on this, which is fine by me if it happens in Austin. All right. Well, Chris Medlin, thanks, buddy. We are out of time. We will watch your Twitter to find out what happens with Sergio Perez. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. Thanks, Bob Barsha, Les Kaiser, and we will talk to you guys next Sunday. Thanks for tuning in. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.